I hope that my voice is like warmed up enough because you can really tell when we're tired and recording. Oh yeah, they're, <laughs> like in they're the episodes. Playback, you can really tell. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Mash Mouth, the podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom Mash. I'm Vanessa, and I'm Ethan. <laughs> I feel like you are. I know. I really am. Like, oh, I feel like you're like trying to hype me up with yours. <laughs> I love that. Okay, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. So in this episode, BJ is kind of scammed into buying a fake watch that has no clockwork or internals. Um, so I wanted to ask you if you have any funny like bootleg stories. I actually do have a funny bootleg story, but it didn't happen to me. It happened to my mom. And it's actually <laughs> very similar to this watch situation Ooh. where my mom used to work. Uh, a guy used to come in with like bootleg DVDs all the time. And my mom didn't like ever really buy those. She got like one or two sometimes, but they were never good quality. So we kind of swore that off. But one time, the same guy came in with like a CD collection and my mom was like, okay, CDs are kind of out of fashion. There's a, like a chance that these are just like legit and he's just selling his like old CD collection. So she ended up buying like one of these. It was like a Stone Temple Pilots or something. I don't mm-hmm. remember, but it was like, you know, $3 or something. And my mom thought it was legit until uh, she opened the case, which was like, the legit CD case. It had the booklet. It had everything. But the CD itself was like a rewritable CD with like a, a sticker printed on for like the discard. Oh, so we no. got like scammed in the weirdest way. <laughs> That's so funny. Imagine just like I'm just imagining your mom opening up like this CD that looks legitimate. And then it's like, oh, this is not good. Yeah, it was just like a cheap sticker on top of like a home buy rewritable CD. And, you know, I'm sorry to any government body listening if this is implicating us in bootlegging crimes. I feel like the government would understand our our misconception here. My mom thought she was buying a legit CD. For context, I told Ethan that we're not allowed to admit to any pirating crimes on this podcast yes. right before we started recording. <laughs> so You can't send us to jail. No, not us. <laughs> so I kind of have a similar story, but it's it's like less funny because my dad's best friend got us a copy of the movie Flight with Denzel Washington. And I really wanted to watch it, but I was way too scared to watch like a pirated, like bootleg copy (laughs) of a movie. So I waited until it was on like TNT and just watched it there with commercials because I was too scared to put it in my DVD player. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it was going to eat you? Like, why were you so scared? Because honestly, if I'm being honest, so many people that I know would download and pirate movies that they wanted to watch and it would end up being like pornographic films <laughs> right okay <laughs> and that makes i got more sense. really because i was like i don't know i was maybe like 12 13 i don't even know but i was really scared that that was going to happen but obviously it wasn't because it was my dad's friend like why would he why would he give us uh, as a family yeah. like a porn movie but yeah i don't know it was uh <laughs> i was very scared but i did end up watching flight and i did like it <laughs> I mean, I'm 90% sure that Flight does have nudity in it, so you probably were going to see something either way, <laughs> but 
Maybe not to the extreme that you were thinking. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> All right, so going from <laughs> our vague crimes to this episode. So today's, so today's episode, Dear Ma, Radar writes a letter home to his mom detailing the camp's foot inspection and an injured Colonel Potter. Ethan, what did you think of this episode? So I like this episode in theory. I love the <laughs> idea of Radar being the narrator. I love the idea of him writing home to his parents. I, I just like that they're expanding out the dear so-and-so concept to mm -hmm. other characters. But the actual events of this episode just were not very interesting or entertaining <laughs> to me. It is mostly Hawkeye inspecting feet and some white shenanigans in between. Um, and, you know, not a big fan of Hawkeye inspecting feet as, like, a comedic device. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think that this episode... Um, not that it... I think that it was fine. Like, it didn't fall flat, but... Oh, Flat-footed, am I right? <laughs> Stop it. No. <laughs> no puns. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it was flat-footed. Um... It was fine. It was just like a general like sitcom episode. But I mm -hmm. do agree with you. I thought that it was interesting to get to the perspective of Radar. And we've seen that a lot this season, which I really appreciate because we've been getting into the heads of different characters besides Hawkeye. Because in the first season or so, anytime there was a letter home, it was like exclusively through Hawkeye's perspective. So I really did like that we were getting now Radar, which is new. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, it wasn't like... It wasn't super interesting. Yeah. Like, if if these new dear so-and-so episodes were, like, specifically from, like, the character's point of view where it had, like, them really integral to, like, the storylines, I think they'd be a lot more interesting. Like, the dear dad, it, like, makes sense for that to be a general camp vibe because Hawkeye's just kind of the main character anyway, so, like, he's just going to be all over camp. But I felt like this storyline with, like, the foot inspections did not really involve Radar in a significant way. Mm -hmm. Just narratively writing-wise. It's similar to the, the one that BJ was writing to his wife. Where I'm like, why is BJ, like, the, the narrator of this episode when he's not really the focal point around it? Yeah, I definitely agree. And that's why this episode was... Okay, not the best. Yeah. So let's get into some more about this episode, shall we? Yes. Okay. So like we were saying, it starts out with this foot inspection kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I th <laughs> This was more or less like interspersed throughout the entire episode. So are there any <laughs> scenes that like specifically stand out to you? Because I, I have a couple. <laughs> I, I think mean, I think that there are a couple that are pretty funny. The the first one where it just opens on a close up of of Colonel Potter's feet and you're like, All right, we're getting right to it, buddy. Um, you know, modern context, I'm like I I sure, uh why not? Uh innocent time. But I did like the joke that he had like very, very clean feet, and that's because he like learned how to groom his feet properly from like Eisenhower? I don't even know. He was he mentioned <laughs> someone Truman. very specific. Harry Truman. Harry Truman. Yeah. Um, I, I really like that Colonel Potter is just quietly a part of history. I I like <laughs> that for him. Um that he, he knows Harry Truman. I think that's great. 
Yeah, so he was saying that he learned to take care of his feet during World War One from Harry Truman, Captain Harry Truman, um, because trench foot was like a huge thing in World War One. So I loved this scene because when Colonel Potter is talking about Harry Truman's feet, um, he said, oh, well, he's got the best feet ever, like the best feet I've ever seen or some, something along those lines. And Hawkeye says, imprints of which may be seen on General MacArthur's backside. And I thought yes. that that was... So funny because this was clearly like a history reference when Harry Truman fired General MacArthur as like the supreme commander of the UN forces or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. But that also means that the war is almost over at this point. (laughs) Oh, man. If only it was almost over. We have eight more years of this to go. (laughs) We're stuck in that time loop. I think we talked about that before. It was just so funny to me. I just loved like the little like sprinkling in of nerdy history references. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, not a lot to say about the various foot inspections. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty classy of Alan Alda as director not to show Margaret's feet very much. Because <laughs> I imagine even in 1970, people were like kind of weird about feet. I mean, Hawkeye was kind of weird about feet in this episode. And then like <laughs> the funny one was that throughout the entire episode, Frank just had a vendetta to not have his feet be looked at. And I took that more as, like, he didn't want to be made fun of by Hawkeye for his, like, foot grooming. But there is a bit of a reveal by the end. And what did you think about that reveal? I loved that Frank allowed Margaret to paint his toenails (laughs) because that was... That was the reason why Frank didn't want Hawkeye to inspect his feet because obviously, like... When Hawkeye knocked on Margaret's tent to inspect her feet, she was painting his toenails, obviously. Mm-hmm. You can <laughs> then, even see the nail polish out on the table yeah, if you're which like, I, paying attention. I think that's so funny because when I watched this episode a second time, I, I was looking for that. I was like, oh, was, was that what they were doing? And clearly it was. Yeah. So I thought that was hysterical. I thought that it was really cute that he <laughs> let her paint his toenails and also it kind of makes sense because if he's like in the doghouse with her you know he was gonna let her do whatever (laughs) this is what i was going to say i i think frank really had to swallow his pride as like alpha male man to like (laughs) allow himself to have painted nails and i'm just saying like if you're going to do this I assume he knows when foot inspection time is. <laughs> so, like, he really shouldn't have been caught off guard. They should have planned around this. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, definitely. Although, maybe the reason why they painted the toenails now is that Margaret knew that it was almost time for foot inspection. <laughs> and she wanted him to be found out. <laughs> well, also, men can have painted toenails, too. I think that there's nothing wrong with that. And if Frank wants his toes to look pretty, he can absolutely have his toenails painted. (laughs) I mean, I agree, but it is funny for Frank to have to deal with Hawkeye making fun of him for it. We (laughs) we can all agree on that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, One other scene that I want to talk about is um, when they're inspecting Father Mulcahy's feet and Hawkeye notices a, a scar on his toe or his foot or something. And he says, my sister bit my foot. And they were like, your sister, the nun? He's like, yep, Mm -hmm. she was an angry child. (laughs) And he also says that she had like, apparently like really bad teeth as a kid. So the other kids used to call her beaver. (laughs) I mean, just like the more that I know about Father Mulcahy and his sister, 
the more I want to see them on screen together and like yeah. to like have their own show. I just I love this. I absolutely agree. I love that they acknowledge that like nuns and priests were like real people once, you know, mm-hmm. that they have real lives. And I love that even though Hawkeye and the gang are usually pretty savvy about that kind of thing, even Hawkeye was taken off guard being like, wait a minute, you're, the nun bit your feet? And then like <laughs> they had to be told like, yes, the nun was a child once. Yeah, seriously. Um, <laughs> and as someone with uh, pretty bad teeth, uh, just talking openly here, uh, I, I relate to the beaver comment. Uh, what can I say? <laughs> I'm always worried that people, especially when I was a kid, were like, that kid's got some real chompers on him. <laughs> <laughs> As someone also with messed up teeth, I have more rat teeth than beaver teeth. So <laughs> <laughs> if that's a fun visual for anybody. Yeah. Send in your fan art of what you think we look like. <laughs> what now, you please. think our teeth look like. Um So that was kind of it for the foot part of this episode, which, thank God, because I'm not a huge fan of feet. I think we've established this in other, like, foot-related episodes. So it was interspersed throughout the episode, but it wasn't, like, egregious, like, really bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There was only one big close-up of feet, and it was Colonel Potter. It was Colonel Potter, yeah. But I do have to say, everyone's feet were fine in this episode and i do have to wonder if they like buffed up their everyone's feet to put them on camera you know what i mean made them look classy yeah exactly so in another scene radar is writing home to his mom and he says that something crazy happened and he recounts this story about um a north korean sniper or something like a north korean soldier coming into the camp and uh taking some of their food and it was really funny because Radar sees this guy and he's like, wow, you have a Russian gun. That's so cool. And then it just just doesn't mm-hmm. hit in his head for a minute that this is a North Korean, not a South Korean. And so, of course, who does he run into when he's trying to catch this guy after he runs out of the camp is Frank. And he tells Frank, hey, there was a North Korean in here. And Frank freaks out, right? So mm-hmm. in the next scene right after this, BJ is showing around a colonel and a general in the South Korean army. And um, Frank hears people speaking in Korean in the mess tent. And he tackles this general because he thought that he was a North Korean. Mm -hmm. And I just think that this goes to my theory that Frank is just becoming more paranoid in this season. Because, like, honestly, I could see Frank freaking out in prior seasons but to tackle somebody i don't know yeah. i could i could never see frank doing that until this season quite honestly if it was a north korean that might be the most brave thing he's ever done in the show true because there there could have been legitimate danger there of course there wasn't because he's stupid <laughs> um but these two scenes i think are interesting and maybe could have made for, like, a more extended subplot throughout the episode. I don't know, like, it could have been, like, a running thing or, like, a main story. So, like, only having it be set up and pay off where, like, oh, we hear about the North Korean, and then Frank jumps on a South Korean uh, general or colonel or whatever. You know, like, that's fine. I just think there could have been more with this. I think Mm -hmm. there was, like, an interesting groundwork laid that like wasn't really utilized that well 
But I did like at the end of it, after Frank uh, tackles this man and he, you know, gets up and goes to like shake his hand and the, the South Korean general or colonel takes his hand and like bends it down <laughs> and Frank still trying to like save face was like oh that's very nice while in pain was very funny to me <laughs> yeah I agree though uh, that this could have been a cool like subplot like a B plot line but I like this scene but I do agree that it, it could have been a little bit better yeah I mean I always like when they interact with the North Korean side. It's only happened a few times like that, that episode where they're like taking care of the North Korean soldier and stuff like that. So I just want that like more well-rounded view of Korea. Like I, I think it's interesting that, you know, this North Korean soldier came into the camp to like take their food and everything. Um, kind of portrayed like sympathetically like this man needed food mm -hmm. so i don't know i think there could have been more with that and maybe we'll get more with that in the future i know that there are many many more seasons <laughs> to go i also wonder if that was something that maybe the writers like took from real life you know because they yeah. always said how they did a lot of research in these episodes so i i do wonder if they took pieces of real life and if that really happened i'm sure it maybe did honestly because yeah. you know uh, unless they're in uniform like radar only knew that this guy was a north korean because he had a russian gun um so i i do wonder if that was the case but but who knows who knows that, that's interesting to think about i am willing to bet that it has happened at least once you know i, <laughs> yeah. I guarantee you yeah um so it's interesting i wish there was a little more of it yeah so and then we get the secondary plot, um, the more of like the the second main plot, because I feel like the the foot inspection and Colonel <laughs> Potter getting injured were both like the plot. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. So Colonel Potter and Margaret are going to a nearby village to, you know, just, I guess, do like checkups on people and like, you know, dress wounds or whatever the case is, which I, I think is always sweet because they are throwing those scenes in there to throughout the show that they're like helping people who are native to Korea, like just native civilians um, because they don't have access to hospitals because they're literally in a war-torn country and they don't have access to like doctors and medicine a lot of the time. Um, mm -hmm. So I always like these scenes where they're just going and doing good deeds to help the Korean civilians. And right after they leave, Mrs. Potter calls the camp and is talking to Radar. And I really liked this scene in particular for a couple of reasons. First, because Mrs. Potter is kind of like clairvoyant um, and mm -hmm. she says that she gets like a, a sense that Colonel Potter is going to be hurt in some way. And Radar says, no, no, he's fine. Like, don't worry. And I thought that it was really sweet that Radar is kind of like friendly with Mrs. Potter, you know, because yeah. he's like, hey, how's things in, I forget, like Minnesota or Missouri Minnesota, or something like that. And yeah. And so he... Like, has this, like, friendly conversation with her. And I feel like that's because she probably calls the camp way more often than anybody else from home because she gets mm -hmm. these premonitions. Um, so she's probably calling sure, much sure. more often. <laughs> and I think that that's really cute. Yeah, her getting premonitions, I thought, was, like, really cute because that's such, like, an older lady thing. Mm -hmm. I know that in my family, a lot of my aunts and whatnot, like, claim to be psychic and claim to, like, have bad feelings when bad feelings happen. And I, I just feel like a lot of 
older women eventually get that way where they're like in tune with the universe you know what i mean yeah definitely because i i know for a fact that my mom has had like bad feelings and then bad things happen like not catastrophic things right but like Mm -hmm. oh I, i get a sense that this is wrong i feel like that comes with age and just like you said being in tune with the universe and maybe also being like a parent you just like become hyper focused on things like that um so i think that that is like i think that that's really cute and lo and behold mrs potter is in fact right and her premonitions do pan out because colonel potter ends up getting shot um but fortunately he's like shot in his butt like the backside yeah um Or like the the like side of his hip is how I took it. Like yeah, may, not like full butt, just like you know <laughs> that area. It's not on the cheek. It's kind of like you know on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when we when Margaret and Colonel Potter come back to the camp, I loved this pre-operation scene too. Um, I think that this obviously was like my favorite part of the episode because something actually happened that was interesting, yeah. <laughs> not just the feet. Um. Colonel Potter is shot, right? And he still makes time to compliment Margaret. He says, like, oh, you were really, like, calm and collected back there. Mm -hmm. And that's traits that Mrs. Potter has. And, like, I really admire that in you. And I thought that that was just, like, really nice how he was literally shot. And he was like, hey, Margaret, you did a great job. It was just such so, so cute. No, for real, that that is good. That's kind of something that I didn't forget about, but did kind of pass by me. And I'm glad that you, you mentioned, because that's like positive male reinforcement for Margaret, where mm-hmm. I feel like she does not get a lot of that. She's got some, some issues with like the men in her <laughs> life. And I like that Colonel Potter is like a, a man of authority who, like, appreciates Margaret, but, like, doesn't want to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really good. And what I liked um with this scene, before they go into operation, is that Radar was so freaked out about it. And, like, you were saying that he has got, like, a good rapport with Mrs. Potter. And earlier in the episode, like, when he's writing the letter home, he says to his mother, like, I was really worried that I wouldn't like Colonel Potter, but it turns out I do. And I, I just like that. I like that we, we all get along, that he, like, appreciates Colonel Potter as a person, especially that he was so close to Henry. But this is just, like, a lovely bit of the episode. Like, this entire thing for the storyline of a man being shot in his butt is, like, (laughs) delightful and kind, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was really good character interactions in this scene, too. Um, And on that as well with Radar, I thought it was really interesting that the writers did this because when Hawkeye and BJ run up and they're like, oh, Colonel Potter, are you okay? And when Klinger runs up and he's like, oh, what happened? Are you okay? Colonel Potter's like, no, of course I'm not okay. I got shot. Like, I'm I'm in pain. Like, I'm not okay. <laughs> and then when yeah. Radar runs, when Radar runs out, Colonel Potter says, don't worry, Radar, I'm okay. You know, because he yeah. knew that Radar was going to like freak out and he needed like the reassurance there. And I thought that that was just so sweet because like, like, even Radar said in the beginning that Colonel Potter reminds him of how his dad would be if his dad hadn't passed away. Um, Colonel Potter knows that Radar kind of like sees him as his dad figure. So like, yeah. he's going to be the one to like freak out if he's hurt, you know? By the way, with Radar mentioning that his dad passed away, that was just such a sad thing to throw into the middle of this yeah. like otherwise very light episode. 
that he was, like, mad at his dad for passing away, but, like, had to learn on his own that, like, it wasn't his idea, which is, like, (laughs) phrased as a joke, but, like, a child legitimately needs to learn that lesson. And, like, I don't know, that one line, like, elevated the episode, like, another point for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, because, and we've said this throughout the the last couple of episodes too that this is the season of building backstory in the most subtle way possible like Mm -hmm. they're really like hitting hard with these like throwaway lines almost of backstory for these characters that we've seen for several years at this point that we literally never got before so i think that i i really just appreciate that so much um and this is in fact something that like continues on um the fact that radar's dad has passed away that's like a that's a that's definitely a plot point in the rest of the series too so it's not just like thrown away you know and yeah we'll be get we'll be getting some more of that and poor radar like has dealt with so much death in his family every time we hear about it it's always somebody who died and i'm like well It's amazing that Radar is as well put together as he is, I suppose. Yeah, seriously, because it's always either somebody has passed away or been disfigured, like his Uncle Ed in the beginning of this episode. His Uncle Ed literally lost some toes. Crazy to me. Crazy to me. So let's get back to Colonel Potter and being injured, because this is kind of where the episode starts to wrap up. Hawkeye and BJ are going to be operating on Colonel Potter, and Colonel Potter says... (laughs) just shoot a local in me i want to watch you guys work and i thought that was the most colonel potter thing ever like for sure he would not let just anybody work on him and also of course he would be wanting to watch it and i like that he wasn't like criticizing them like saying like they're doing a bad job Mm -hmm. or whatever he's just a genuine medical professional who like objectively wanted to see the work being done and i think that's so funny and interesting and also by the way during the scene where they're doing surgery on him and he's awake he has to have a phone call with mrs potter where he has to dissuade her fears and everything and i thought that was so funny and (laughs) such like a mash thing you know like he was pretending to be at like the officers club And, you know, they had to, like, pretend not to be on surgery. And that was just peak mash to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I I loved that scene where Mrs. Cotter... Mrs. Cotter. Welcome back, Cotter. (laughs) That's not this show. (laughs) What are we talking about? I loved this scene with Mrs. Potter calling back and... Colonel Potter saying, like, no, don't tell her that I've been shot. Like, she she has enough to worry about as it is. Like, she's already, like, on edge, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of just, like, brushes off this premonition thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, she's always having those. Like, we're don't even worry about it. But he's talking to her and he's kind of, like, lying to her. You know, he's saying, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, no, th- I'm just happy that you were wrong this time. I'm not hurt. Don't worry. It was really sweet. Also, uh, I thought it was really sweet that Colonel Potter refers to his wife uh, as mother. It was just like a fun like grandpa thing. I know we have like <laughs> Frank who like weirdly calls his wife mommy sometimes. And, like that's a weird <laughs> complex going on. But like him referring to his wife as mother is a much more like endearing, well put together thing. I-, I don't know. I like that contrast and that parallel that one is really weird and one is like 
sweet grandpa. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think that that was like, I know when I've seen like really old cartoons, you know, people mm-hmm. like husbands would refer to their wives as mother. And I think that that is really cute. Um, I think it's like a thing of the past, though, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I do know that my great grandfather used to call my great grandmother mother. Like he used to refer to her as that. So uh, mm-hmm. just like you said, it just grandpa vibes. It's very cute. Yeah. Like I know in the one of the Rankin Bass Christmas specials, Santa refers to Mrs. Claus as like Ma. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they refer to Ma and Pa exclusively. Yeah. And that's just a delight to me. That's like the, the old man energy I want in my life. <laughs> It was so funny because a couple of weeks ago I was watching this with my sister and she said she was like, how old must his mother be if she's still alive? And I was like, no, 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 that's not what he's saying. Shout out to Melissa. She does our cover art. What's up? <laughs> yes. And she likes MASH, too. She does watch MASH. Maybe we'll get her on an episode one of these days. I'm trying to get her. I, I really am. But she's like, what am I going to talk about? But. I think that she has some good insight. All right. All right. (laughs) So that's kind of where this episode ends in the scene, in the same scene with Colonel Potter, though. BJ's watch salesman comes back. I know we didn't talk about that in the beginning, but like we said, BJ gets sold this fake watch um, because this soldier says that his wife needs an operation and that he would take any amount of money for this watch that he that he definitely paid so much money for and is worth so much money. It turns out to be a fake And the guy comes back at the end of the episode and BJ's like, oh, hey, hey, what's up? Like, did your wife get that surgery? What's what's going on? (laughs) Yeah, I I do like the joke that he says where he's like, oh, well, I'll fix you up as good as that watch runs. (laughs) And the guy is a little bit nervous. And then Radar comes in with the narration being like, they were just kidding, Ma. Don't worry. Our doctors did not neglect a man because he scammed them. <laughs> I thought it was really cute, though, and kind of telling about BJ's character that he would he would still kind of like get swindled by this because yeah. he is very he's just like seems like a very trusting person. Like he wants to see the best in people. So he wants to believe that somebody wouldn't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know. I like that was very cute, very wholesome to me that he got scammed in that way because uh, it says a lot about who BJ is, I think. And I like that he's still like naive to the, the ways of yeah. the world. Um, it really shows that he's still new here, and I like that. Like, Hawkeye says, like, oh, we gotta do something about that apple pie and hot dog face of yours. <laughs> like, classic Hawkeye. <laughs> it's always so good, and I talk about this all the time, but it's always so good when the writers do that contrast still with Hawkeye and BJ. Like, Hawkeye is, like, the seasoned professional, and BJ is still new. I, I don't know. It it tickles something in my brain. It really does. <laughs> Yes. So that is like the actual end of the episode now. Um, Radar does this really sweet sign off with his mom and says, like, if I had a penny for every time I thought about you, I'd have a hundred dollars a week. And it, it was just really sweet. And I was really impressed with Gary Berghoff's acting here, because even though it was just a voiceover, you could really tell mm-hmm. that there was emotion in his voice when he was talking, like signing off the letter to his mom. And I thought that that was just just a really good way to wrap up this episode. It's it's a wholesome ending for what is otherwise like a pretty light kind of nothing episode. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Just kind of like a, a little like goofy episode. You still get that like homesickness vibe, the sweetness vibe. So I liked it. 
I like that he signed off his name as Walter. Mm-hmm. Just further continuation that he has a name now and we're <laughs> going to get to hear it a lot. Yes, he does actually have a name. And it is established in previous episodes that his mom does call him Walter because in that home movie, when she mm-hmm. says, I love you, Walter, he's Walter to her. I th- and I think yeah. that that's really cute. Yes, it is very sweet. I like the idea that everybody calls him Radar except his mom or like his family. Oh, yeah. That to me just like makes it. I don't know why I like that so much, but I definitely like that a lot. No, I agree. That that adds a lot of charm to it because as established in previous episodes, like people in high school called him Radar. Mm-hmm. So if you know Walter, you get to call him Walter, but everybody else, they get to hear him as Radar. <laughs> That's cute. Okay, Ethan, do you have any favorite lines from this episode? I mean, this episode is not very line-heavy for me, but there was one pun that I really enjoyed when Hawkeye was knocking on Margaret's tent to <laughs> I have do this the line point. written down, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have another one, though, don't worry. <laughs> when Hawkeye was knocking on Margaret's tent to do the foot inspection, he says, Oh, Margaret, dear, it's time to get your feet pierced. And I was like, great, 10 out of 10. Amazing. I had that line written down as well. That's so funny. Um, My favorite line came right before this when BJ gets swindled with this watch. And Hawkeye says, I'll do you at nine o'clock, meaning his feet. And BJ goes, how will I know? And just holds up the broken watch. Oh, that was so funny. That was so perfect. That was great. Um, I also have to shout out a small moment when someone salutes Hawkeye, like, in that same scene, and he's like, oh, you better have a good explanation for that. I missed that. Oh, you did? I yeah. thought that was so in character for Hawkeye. That sounds in character for Hawkeye. Um, also, it's real quick, I have to also mention that I love that Klinger's family is, like, connected, because he, <laughs> he's, like, implies that, like, oh... My uncle can have a guy whacked if you want. And I just <laughs> like that Klinger's family is associated with the Toledo, Ohio mafia. <laughs> the Lebanese mafia. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> so, Vanessa, do you have any trivia for us in this episode? I do. Okay. So, this is a really throwaway line, but when Klinger is in the evac bus, he says that he wrote a letter to General Matthew Ridgway and he like proposed marriage or something like that, try, trying to get himself kicked out of the army on a Section 8. So mm-hmm. That's I, when he mentions the Lebanese mafia. No, it's actually not. This, that's when <gasps> he, that is when he uh, is writing a letter to Eisenhower, to President Eisenhower. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know anything. Did I even watch the episode? <laughs> I just know too much. I just, I just know too much. Anyway. I looked up General Matthew Ridgway to see who this person was, and I thought that it was interesting that they kept referencing these historical figures, especially because they talked about MacArthur kind of getting fired from his position. Um, Mm -hmm. So General Matthew Ridgway was a general in the Korean War with a long military service. He began his military career at West Point, you know, where the whole cheating scandals always happen, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) And he became a rising star in the U.S. Army for his distinguished service during World War II. He took over the command of the 8th Army in late 1950 or early 1951 after his predecessor passed away. So from my understanding, he was the guy in charge of the entire army working only under General MacArthur, who was at the time in charge of the entirety of the U.N. forces in Korea. So apparently Ridgway is credited with turning the tide in the Korean War to be not as big of a train wreck for the UN and the US as it could have been because 
When he took over as the commander of the army, China had recently gotten involved in the war and the UN forces were in an extended retreat. Um, Okay. So when he took command, he started more aggressive attacks on the North Korean military and its allies and made heavy use of artillery and whatnot. So he kind of pushed back up onto the 38th parallel, I think. That's very interesting. And interestingly enough, when Truman fired MacArthur, like we talked about in this episode, Ridgway was the one to take over as a Supreme UN commander. So he took General MacArthur's place. And just so we're clear, the UN commander was in charge of operations and made decisions on how to fight the North Korean forces. So that was his job until the end of the war, I'm pretty sure. Very interesting. Too bad that that man did not give Klinger his Section 8. I felt like (laughs) this was a golden opportunity for Klinger and he blew it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if anyone was going to give it to him, I feel like that would have been the time when there's like a a shake up in the command. You know what I mean? (laughs) Danny send him pictures of himself in like... No, that was also Eisenhower. (laughs) Oh my God, I don't know anything. I I resigned myself as host of this podcast. What do I know? (laughs) Okay, Ethan. So, what was your martini rating for this episode? I think this episode is a 2.5. It is perfectly fine and average. Like, there are some low points that I don't really like. I don't like any of the feet stuff. But (laughs) I really like the Colonel Potter, like, surgery segment. I thought some of the, like, throwaway lines about, uh... Radar's dead father was like very interesting. So like and perfectly average 2.5 is how I'm feeling. I totally agree. I also gave this a 2.5. Just straight down the middle. Very, very run of the mill sitcom episode, I would say. We're finally on the same page. (laughs) (laughs) We get there sometimes. Occasionally. Okay. So just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Verabalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister for cover art, and of course our listeners. Thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description as always. And join us next week for season four, episode 18, Dirtag. But until then, paint your toenails without shame. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone. <laughs>